This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello, welcome. I'm Dave Myers. And I'm Cy King. And we are not the hairy bikers now. We are the agony uncles. Uncle Cy and Uncle Dave. Hello, Uncle Cy. How are you doing? I'm good, Uncle Dave. How are you? Oh, it's all right. I'm full of philosophy today. I think we can help people. Help people to a new path in life. Either Uh, that or push them over a cliff. One of the two. I'd rather just help them into that, you know, cars from from a supermarket car park. Yes, but we're there to change lives, which in the long run could be very practical. All the lovely comments we're getting from the first three episodes is... um, is is wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, so thank you all very much for that. We've had uh, one on Instagram called King Size Ten, and he says, "Hey Dave, how do you keep your moustache in such good condition?" I, I shampoo it, condition it, and then I use uh, Doctor Dietmar's Bavarian moustache wax, which actually, since Brexit, this is another casualty. The cost of moustache wax is appalling. See, I've got my problems too. Right. But anyway, no, it generally looks after itself, really. Even with my helmet on in a, in a strong breeze, it never moves. But on Facebook, Christine Turner has some advice for other people listening. She says, quote, Don't listen in the gym whilst you're working out. I was in hysterics when listening last week and got some funny looks. Yes, well, I mean, I, we've been both getting funny looks since we were born, so it's, it's something we can live with. And don't do it on the treadmill either. Because, uh, you know, you've got to keep a rhythm going there, I think. You know, yeah, that's the off. rhythm method. That's a completely different thing. That's like getting off at Gateshead instead of going all the way to Newcastle, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, yes, yeah, so you, you, this is how you get in touch. You get in touch by email, you see, and it's uh, it's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. So that's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Dot co dot uk because um honestly we we haven't got a show without you so uh, get your fingers going on your keyboards and write in and we haven't got a show without these two people on the agony uncles team today we have mark jeeves the thin white duke how are you doing jeevesy i'm good nice to see everybody today and uh, yes as uh, as you both said we've had some lovely messages from people that you've been helping your advice helps Oh, nice to know, nice right. to know. I mean, that's why Marjorie yes. Proops always look content. Exactly right. Yes, yes. <laughs> and can sleep at night. Exactly yes. right. <laughs> yes. And, and look, of course, there is no short. She is back. The only woman that goes into a fast food chain and asks for the wine list. She is here. Posh Tash from Surrey. How are we all? I'm well. Good. I asked, I asked Posh Tash the other week, what is sex? And she said, it's, it's what middle-class coal comes in. Sex. <laughs> Three sets of nutty slack. Yes. yes. Anyway, play that jingle kingy. Button on the thingy. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. 
I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. Okay, well, let's get going. In today's episode of the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles, you have the following problems to deal with. You have, it's shrinking and I don't like it. You have help with alopecia. You have fairy tale or nightmare. And my boyfriend's weird fantasy in Confidential Corner. Whoa, what oh, a juicy right. show. But first, it's shrinking and I don't like it. And this comes in from Jackie, who's in Dorking in Surrey. So, well, yeah, you know, well, there you are. I was yeah, the Dorking horse just the other day. Were you now? <laughs> I don't want yeah, to ask what that is. Yeah, you could have said, Posh you were at the Dorking Aldi, but no, she was no. at the Dorking Horns, Don. Dorking Horns. What? Oh, Dorking oh. Horns. I thought you said Horns. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, did too. <laughs> I, th- I thought this was some sort of weird party where Postash throws her car keys in a pot. But anyway, oh, not dear, un- dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, I have an issue with pastry and I need your help. How do I stop my pastry from shrinking from the edges of the tin before I put the filling in? It happens all the time. I don't handle it too much. All the ingredients are cold and the oven is the correct temperature. So I'm miffed. Miffed, she says, as to what I'm doing wrong. Please help me agony uncles Jackie in docking. Now, first off, blind bake. You you need to blind bake your case first. And what trick we do is you always leave the extraneous pastry we don't don't trim it off around the tin first before you put it in the oven leave oh. it hanging over mm-hmm. and then when it shrinks back you can just cut it and it'll all be level and lovely and perfect it's a patisserie trick something yes. we learned in paris wasn't it dear heart you yes know, darling in the, in the 15th rondesmont rondesmont yes who's posh was... now come on you two showing off Back to your basics. Hark, management. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to take all the flack for being posh here when you're talking about your own decimal. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like some disease you need to get tablets for. Sorry, I want to ask about your blind baking again. But when you say you leave it, you hang it over the edge, you put it in the oven, but won't it all be crusty and then starts cracking? Can, can you still cut it off? Are you just saying you hope it shrinks? Cut it off, and actually, one, one tip is is to use a potato peeler, a speedy peeler, around the top, mm. and you get a lovely, clean finish. But right, right back to the very beginning. The beginning's a good place to start. When you start, you begin with flour, water, and butter, or lard, if it's a savoury. Make your pastry and let it chill first. Mm. Right? Which first? Roll it out, put it into your tin leaving the ends hanging over mm-hmm. prick your base which stops it lifting when you're cooking it mm-hmm. take some greaseproof paper scrunch it into a ball so it fits into the corners then fill it with baking beans if you go to waitrose you'll get these lovely little chrome balls that sit mm. beautifully if you're from the north you use small marafat peas yes i've got clay ones nice I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> then put that back into the fridge to chill. Right. Then put it in the oven and bake it. After about 10 minutes, without burning yourself, take your baking beads and grease proof out. Then continue to crisp up. And it will look, with all the edges all hanging over, then trim it off. And as I said, the speedy peelers that we use for spuds, you can trim it round with a speedy peeler, which gives you a beautiful flush finish. And the shrinkage then will be a thing of the past. 
And uh, with your worry about cracking, if yeah. you do it while the pastry is warm, you don't get any cracking. And as Dave says, it's a beautiful finish with a speedy peeler. And the only thing, I've had one of my worst burns ever with my clay balls, I have to say. Because when you take, when you say about lifting the grease paper and the balls out, they're, they're pretty hot. Get one of the staff to do it so you don't burn your little posh hands. But the trick is, don't touch your balls when you're taking your pastry out of the oven. No. That yeah. does sound like a George Formby record, doesn't it? <laughs> it does like hey, it, yeah. You don't touch your balls when you're taking the pastry out of the oven. <laughs> so, but no, grab your paper, which will cool quickly, and it's like a little, it? it's like a ball sack. Yeah. Like, okay. Where have we gone? No, no, do you know what I mean? I didn't mean to drop it down, but I will now grab the ball sack, take it over, and it'll be, I'll be fine. My pace will be perfect. Smashing, smashing. Thank you. But do, don't, do you find, Kingy, do, do things shrink as you, get, as you get older? Oh, definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. And actually, they're, they're, there's a propensity to, to yeah, they, yeah, they do. But some things shrink, <laughs> but other, thing, other things expand, don't they? It's like my earlobes these days. They're getting quite pendulous as I get older. Do you know what I remember as a child? I used to love it. My grandfather and my grandmother had really long earlobes because uh, as they got older, I used to love as a kid fiddling with them, just 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 making them wobble backwards and forwards. It fascinated me as a kid. I think oh. long earlobes. I think they're charming. I loved it. They remind me of my grandpa. Were they hairy? No, no, not hairy. I do remember his nose was a bit. He didn't trim that, but his earlobes weren't. I mm. loved it. <laughs> Actually, my grandmother's were longer, but I think she had long, massive Bet Lynch earrings hanging off them. What, a hair, oh. hair nose? No, a earlobes. A earlobes, oh. yeah. Oh, right, she obviously good. had long earrings as well, so they always hung, so I think the earlobes were extra long on the grandmother opposed to the grandfather. Oh, I love that. I love that. Did you not get any toys when you were posh? <laughs> Born into no, just, a posh. Just, just played with the pearls hanging off the earlobes. Hey, <laughs> 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 darling, you'll get these. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't you worry, this is in your diary, darling. Yes, one day they'll all be yours. We got uh, we got eight tea towels and, a, and, a, and an access bill from me ma'am that was it <laughs> <laughs> your flexible friend here's the bill oh great smashing i was also given my grandfather's silver teapot to play with and that actually is a true story they used to get the teapot out for me and he used to have to fill it with those you know those little silver balls you put on cakes those tiny little silver balls yes, those yes. sweet ones i used to get given a pot of those in the silver teapot and i used to pour them in and out constantly that's what i played with when i was little at my grandparents did you used to dress up as a princess as well no, I love cars. I'm afraid I wasn't girly girl. I like my fast cars. We didn't oh, get is. that. We didn't get that on the council estates, did we, Dave? You know. <laughs> no, no. Like, I remember. I remember the thrill when my dad come back with a new scooter. It was a, a pooch, and he, he oh. could come rumbling up the street because he, he he had a Norton Dominator, but he, he he ripped his Achilles tendon out when he kicked it up. So he couldn't kick a bike up again. So the only electric thing in those days was a pooch scooter. That was <laughs> yeah. that was the level of aspiration, you know? That was great. And he rode up, a tale of northern misery. I, my body's been shrinking, though. I've been on the diet again. Do you know what, this morning, though? It's funny, because I've never... I, I stood in front of the mirror, in the nip, and because of a certain age and the shrinkage, I'm turning into Iggy Pop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like a sack of walnuts. <laughs> It's somehow thinner, but I don't know if it's attractive. No, you know? well, well you, you eat pies. What are you no, doing? I, I'm a trying. But no, I stood in front of the mirror. It was funny. I jiggled up and down and started seeing lust for life. And <laughs> Lil come in and said, have you gone simple? 
Can you see your ribs? Yes, I need to <gasps> tone up. Do some sit-ups, get it into Oh, muscle. I do do sit-ups, I can do all that and I can plank. I can plank for England. It's oh. just, I've, I've got a bit of loose now. Yeah. Have you shrunk in height, Dave? No. No. Oh, sorry. Well, that's a horrifying thought. Look at that. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend. Hey, well, no. this one, looking on the upside, your willy will not be in shade anymore from your belly, so that's good. No, it actually is, is kind of more impressive. And I think gravity's taking a hold as well as I get older, so that side's fine. But, <laughs> on the other hand, I look like Iggy Pop. We could do a calendar at the end of this year. We could do the, the Agony Uncles, uh, you know, Hairy Bikers calendar, maybe, you know. Oh, do you remember in the early days, Kingy? We, we, we did try, oh. we, we had a couple of calendars, it were all right, but we were going to do a nude calendar. And each month we'd be represented by a vegetable covering our privates. <laughs> and there would be a recipe for that associated vegetable oh on goodness. the month. It didn't, didn't we? Didn't, we didn't sell. Didn't sell. We didn't catch on, did well, it? It did. Well, no, no. Because I tell you what, December there wasn't that much. You know, December, January, February, seasonal vegetables. It was. There's not that much to cover then. So you know, peas months must have been tough. Pea, it wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> Food makes everything better. Problem number two. Oh. We're looking for some help with alopecia here, and uh, the, we've actually got two uh, letters which have come in entirely independently uh, as well. I'm going to read the, the, the two emails here, and you can, yeah, and then we can see if we've got some advice for two. And uh, one lady who wants to remain anonymous, and one lady called Sue. So the anonymous lady says, "Hello, I'm a 46-year-old woman who's developed a really stupid form of alopecia called FFA, frontal fibrosing alopecia." It started out with my eyebrows completely falling out, which I thought was weird, but I sorted that by getting them microbladed on and didn't think much more of it. More recently, though, my fringe and sideburn parts decided to bugger off too. Uh, but because I have really thick hair, I just covered it with a fringe. Uh, doctors were useless, so I just got on with things and tried to avoid going out on windy days. It's not easy to stop your hair blowing up and flashing your massive forehead to the world without wearing a hat, which is just silly when it's not cold. But it's also completely put me off dating because the thought of anyone seeing my hair loss is horrible. No one knows apart from my hairdresser. So what should I do? Should I tell them straight off? Should I keep it a secret and just wait until somebody walks in unannounced while I'm sticking it down? Would it bother you if your girlfriend was ever so slightly bald at the front? A bit like Dave, who, by the way, looks magnificent. And then a second note comes from Sue who says, I have alopecia, and the final strands of hair disappeared in 2010, which was actually quite welcome because I was sick of attempting to camouflage things. And it was also boiling hot at Glastonbury that year, and I had none of the hair-washing nightmares that many people had. The thing is, I divorced in 2014, and I've been in the wilderness since. I'm not convinced I'm brave enough or even suitable for the usual ways that people meet other people. I'm a nurse. I've been a bit isolated with all this COVID stuff, and I wouldn't mind some company now and again. Any ideas of how a shyish bald bird, as Sue puts herself, who's scared of being called nasty names and has kind of lost her self-confidence, might meet someone who's accepting of people like me who look a bit different. Same problem, two people. Thoughts, please. Over to you. I think, I mean, I don't know whether you agree, but I, I think it's always tougher for women. It's, it's tough losing your hair, it must be. But you know particularly for women because it's part of it it's part of their identity isn't it and 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 part of their femininity uh to a lesser or greater degree oh yeah it's it's good oh god this is quite a hard question it is isn't hard it? well you know when, when i first you know I, I many people know i i suffered for alopecia for many years and being known as a hairy bike is quite ironic really uh, my first head was eight in the 1960s 
I'd lost my hair, my eyebrows, my eyelashes, and then there was no role models. And I can remember that thing of, you know, going through various things of, of using my mum's hair lacquer to take pieces of my little ball bits. I had alopecia areata, so it came in patches that were slightly random. So actually, I, I had this till I was about 40. I was bald when I met you, when I kingy. You were, yeah, yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. You see, I, I eventually tackled it by a shave my head, and that yeah. was it. But unfortunately, well, it, I, I worked in the media, but it left, I've got very dark hair, which you can see. So the bald patches were completely bald and pink, but it looked as though my head was tattooed. Um, because well, even if I shaved it, it left that, that shadow. When I was a kid, it was horrible. Uh, I even got to, resorted to the fact of my mum caught me once. She wondered why there was a mess on the on the, the the pillowcases. I used to get soot from the back of the chimney, mix it with Vaseline, and using two mirrors, dab the soot and Vaseline onto my bald bits, then stick it down with lacquer. But then, of course, you've got the fear of. I lived in Barrowing Furnace. It was windy, so being terrified going to school in case my hair blew. I'd put a hood up because I was terrified of my hair disturbing. Then we'd be in the school assembly and it'd get hot in the summer and you could smell the hair lack and the other kids sniggering and you, you, you could, and the sudden Vaseline obviously starts to leak. Ah, it, was, it is a horrible thing. Mm. Um, how did you turn it around, Dave? How did, how did it grow back again? And what, what, mentally, how did you get your head around that? I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something that this is, I haven't told anybody else this before. When I joined the BBC, I went through a period. I was staff at the BBC when I was 23, and my hair had briefly grew back. I had the interview, and I got the job as a trainee makeup artist. Anyway, I had pneumonia in between getting the job and starting, and my alopecia came back, and it was very, my hair was very kind of moth-eaten. But anyway, I didn't look great, and I didn't feel great. And anyway, the... the Somebody at the BBC, in, who was at the Human Resources or Personnel then, said they sent me to go and get a wig made, in case I offended artists. <gasps> and oh, anyway, I, yeah, honest, I, went, I went to Ray Marston's, who subsequently I worked with a lot, and he said, but um, you know it's not that easy, you need one on and one in the wash, as it were, and once you've got that wig, you, you're stuck with it. And he said, and by the way, they do intend docking your salary to pay for it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my salary at that time wasn't very great. Well, anyway, there, there was a wonderful Welsh makeup artist called Marion Richards, who was fabulous back in the day. She said, just cut the bloody lot off and be done with it. And I did. Yeah. I, I hacked it off and, and that was it. And so for many years, I just shaved my head and fronted it off. And, and that was the best way. And I think, you know, I, I, I think like Andy Oliver, the wonderful lady who presents Great British Men, I don't think she's got alopecia, but she has a shaven head, she looks great. Mm -hmm. um, I think these days that you, you've got to be bold. The thing is, if you can get over, maybe take some kind of therapy to get over that initial embarrassment, get yourself out there. Mm -hmm. um, I have somebody very, very close to me in my family. She suffers from alopecia. What she does now is she has different wigs. And, you know, she doesn't spend a lot of money but she looks great with, with, with the wigs. So, so you know, people will, will, will look, and that, that's become everybody knows, but, but that's a thing of coping with it, and turbans and scarves yeah. and stuff. 
I was um, going to say that I think I think there's something about managing. It's about how you feel inside because obviously mm. everybody looks different. Pink hair, blue hair, short hair, yeah. long hair, whatever. Everyone's different, and she has to find when you're bald. That has to be your unique part of you. That's what makes you special. Yeah. And I think also you need to embrace that. And I think as a woman, the one thing we have got the advantage of is being able to throw on amazing scarves, or we can do more. As, as a man, that's a lot harder. I would say you know you're, you're bald, you're bald, and you don't generally put other things on. But as women, we could put you can do all sorts of fantastic things with your you know your head where you're putting amazing scarves around it and i just think potentially i think that's what she needs to embrace feel better inside and then have fun with it and find that as her that is the most attractive part of her you know it's mentally thinking actually this is this is why i'm special i can look beautiful i don't have i personally with long brown hair can't do these amazing things because i'll always have hair around my my neck whereas she doesn't she could do incredible things wear better earrings or do more bold makeup i think i think she finds it as her internally she needs to find realize that her think... head is the most beautiful part of her I think that's exactly true, and it is that journey to get there, isn't it? I mean, it's a most overused phrase, journey, but it 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 it's definitely a psychological psychological steps that yeah. you need to take towards just the acceptance of who you are, and it's and it's easier said than done because everybody it's it's you know everybody mm. has their own personalities and their own experiences and and also um an environment and where they work and what they do and their relationships that they have as friends and colleagues and stuff it all has an impact on that mental on those those stepping forward towards that towards that level of acceptance just for yourself because it doesn't matter about anybody else you become different as soon as you accept something about yourself that's that you've struggled with all your life it's just it's just the way it is and the problem with alopecia is it's for a man because the there's alopecia totalis where you lose all your hair like duncan goodhue the the very famous swimmer Um, but then there's alopecia areata where it's completely random where you lose your hair so of a man you can't even hide behind the male pattern baldness yeah. You know, I my hair grew back when I was forty, complete with a receding hairline. And um, I saw one newspaper said said it said the thing he said, and then there's Dave with his dreadful split ends. And I thought, my God, you don't know the half of it. I killed for split ends twenty years ago. Uh, but you've got to front it out, ladies. You've got to get up there, be bold, be bold, and be proud of yourself, and stick it to them. And if anybody doesn't like it, it's their problem, not yours. Yes, it's hard to say, but that's what you have to do. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day. At sax.com. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk, don't get drunk, just send an email to the agony uncles. It's time for problem number three, and it's relationship time, Cy and Dave. So we're going to dig into a fairy tale or a nightmare. This is, um, this is, I love that MGM voice that you put on, Jeeves. It's great. Dear Uncle Cy and Uncle Dave. I'm a female in my early 50s. I'm a keen musician. I play acoustic guitar. I have two beautiful grown-up daughters who are my true successes in life. In the late spring of 2018, after being divorced for 13 years, I met a lovely man at a gig we were both playing at. He was a singer of a band. I was there with my guitar playing my own tunes. We got on well. We had a few dinner dates, and within the first few weeks of meeting, well, we fell in love. 
He, let's call him John, explained he'd been divorced for a number of years and had two grown-up children. I like things to be very uncomplicated, so this was good. By the summer, he whisked me away for a romantic holiday. We had a lovely time. He proposed to me. It was a fairy tale. Over the months, my grown-up girls grew very fond of John. We decided it was time for me to sell up and we would pool our resources and buy a house together. We booked our wedding. We sent all the invites. All good. His children were not keen to get involved, though, and so I've never met them. We found a beautiful fairy tale house and put an offer in, and that's when the problems came to light. One evening after work, John went missing. He wouldn't answer my calls or texts. Much later that evening, after I'd enlisted his friends to try and help find him, it transpired that he was, in fact, still married and lived in the same house as his wife and two grown-up children. Trauma is an understatement. However, he came back that night and we said we would work it out. He's a very kind man and treats me so well we get along brilliantly, so we got through that patch. We changed the date of our wedding and he got on with his divorce and plans to be brought out of the family home by his wife. Then the pandemic struck and once again the wedding was postponed to a few months later. A couple of months later, though, John went missing again. Many hours of me trying to find him once again located him, helped with his friends again, but he was 200 miles away this time. He was back by the next evening. We agreed once again to work it all out. In the meantime, it turns out he didn't quite get the share of his house he hoped for, but that's fine. Between us, we can still afford a, afford a lovely home. And while all of this sounds shocking, you need to know that John is a very loving, hardworking, caring man. We love every day together and have lots in common, and we love each other. However, the big question is, do I actually marry him? Over to you. Oh, that's well, hard. it is. It's about... I think it's about honesty and trust, isn't it? That's where we are with it. And openness. Why does he keep going missing? Does he go keep going back home? Does he... But then this is his home with his new partner. So it, it, it's odd. It is. It's a, I, I, I would find that really disconcerting and very unsettling. And it kind of, every time that man goes missing, it just undermines everything that they've sorted out the time before because he's still doing it. And I get that he might be a lovely man and I get that he might be, you know, a very a very kind, caring human being, but that's, there's a level of trust, commitment and understanding that seems to be missing. It sounds like he hasn't quite managed to actually sort out his first problem before moving on to the second problem. And, you know, it's convenient to keep it rolling on for a while and thinks it's going to be fine. But actually, this lady's life is running on and on and on. And, you know... She's sort of, it's false hope every time. I think she's been incredibly patient to keep thinking it might mm. work out. Um, yeah, I think mm. he might need to <clears throat> might need to pick one or two, and maybe she needs to be a bit tougher on herself and say, mm. "If you're ready for me, you need to come and get me. Otherwise, I'm moving on." Maybe he needs to realise what he might lose rather than her thinking she's always losing him. He's probably in a dreadful knot and dilemma as well, actually. So it's a lose lose on all things. As for getting married, I, I don't think that the, the act of getting married would would solve it because it's a bit yeah. like an elastoplast i mean i think if she's got control over that she needs to i don't know to just keep that in the background for a while until she's sure until she's sure that things have settled down and it's forever it's a forever commitment there's something not right there's got to be a level of understanding across the board you've got to be open you've got to be honest and the most important thing and I think we'll all agree because we've all, had, you know, we all are and have relationships. The core 
foundation of any relationship is trust, whether that be friendship, that whether that be a, a partnership for life that you've had kids with, you know, all of that. It's got to be about trust, and how can you trust him if he keeps disappearing on you just randomly? I, I, I don't I, know. Do you know what I think she has got though? That I wonder what it keeps it. Why you keep going back to it is that you know once you've met somebody, grass is never really that much greener anyway. But once the the, the chase, it's the true. people love the people love a chase. People love the, mm -hmm. the grabbing, and you know what? Every time he disappears, she has to chase again, and that is exciting, and that's fun, and that's the bit we all lose in long term relationships is the chase because you've already caught. And maybe there's something in the fact that that mm. relationship lasts because they're always fighting for each other and trying to find each other. And, you know, maybe that's, you know, a secret part of her I'm quite envious of, you know, maybe there's a, you know, there's a, mm. the chase is always fun. <laughs> oh, no, no, I think it's, um, I, I think if, if you talk about marriage, you, you just want security. You want to know where you Agreed. are. No. You know, that's that's part of it. I think lots, we've all been there in some one form or another in our lives. Mm. Um, you, you just want and, and uh, uh, you know, I think the lady, she was in her 50s. Yeah. So by now, if it was me, I, I, I'd want some security, some, yeah. some pattern in, in my life that I could depend upon. Okay, so the big question at the end of it was, do I marry him? So let's go around the table and answer that question. Uh, Uncle Dave. I think at the moment, don't marry him. I would, I would give it a couple of years. That marriage isn't going to solve anything. Really, it, it's um, it is a big commitment. It's a commitment for life, and I think at this stage of your life, wait until you're really, really sure. Uncle Si, I I echo Dave's sentiment entirely. Um, it it it, the sanctity of marriage is an old-fashioned uh, tradition in the modern world, but it is that commitment, and you either you that's it, and uh, there's not there's and there's no pressure. There's no reason to do it. There's no. I don't get it. There's no reason to do it. There's no reason to rush it. So just, no, not for the minute. Absolutely. If you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Problem number four. And we're heading into Confidential Corner, which means, as always, we need some names. We need one man's name, one lady's name. So Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, could you please oblige? Um, Baron for the Baron. Man. Oh, yes. that's a good one. Baron. I'm just going to cruise with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Posh name. Um, Fiona. Baron and Fiona. Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, this problem is entitled, My Boyfriend's Weird Fantasy Has Left Me Cold. My boyfriend of three years and I, Baron, had reached a point in our physical relationship which you could call predictable. No. One of my girlfriends suggested something that she and her fella had done, which was for each of us to write down our deepest fantasies, then swap them to see which of them we might want to explore to pep things up. At the allotted time, we had a glass of wine in a nice bath, lit the candles in the bedroom, got into our fluffy dressing gowns. Ah, oh, it was all good so far. Then we nervously handed each other our pieces of paper upon which we had written down our deepest fantasies. To set some context, my most daring one involved eating cold ice cream from a certain part of his body. However, when I read his, I actually could not believe it. For a start, where I had written three fantasies, he had 16. One of them was so gross it made me feel sick, but the one that weirded me out was that he actually explained that he fancied my mum and he wanted me to borrow one of her outfits that he likes very much so that he could then watch me undress provocatively in front of him. 
Of course, I completely went nuts about this. Things are frosty. Plus, it's my niece's christening on Sunday, and so we will actually be with my mum. Now that I know about this, it's going to be hugely awkward. How can we come back from this one, says Fiona. Over to you. Sounds as though Baron's a bit of a perv. (laughs) Doesn't it, really? Poor Fiona. God love her. All she wants to do is eat ice cream off his noodle. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, not, you know I, I, I'm not Two sure. Two scoops, but... hundreds and thousands, you know. Oh, I mean, oh. for, hold on. The, yeah, I mean, look. Special me, sauce. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, look, the thing is, at least he was completely open and honest. You know, you've got to write, she got three fantasies, he got... So he's just kind of gone, right, oh, OK, well, you know, he's just gone for it, hasn't he? And he's just tripped himself up over his own pervertedness. He's just like, oh, God, what a nightmare, man. Oh, it oh. is, isn't it? Especially the mother No, the you can't say that about your mother-in-law. Every time Baron looks at Fiona's mother, Fiona's going to get the, the shivers. Oh. Fiona will one day turn into her mother. She'll be her mother. Yes. You grow up. So my husband said to me, he goes, when I when I first met you, I checked out your mum first <laughs> to see what you might be like when you're older. And she was all right, so you're okay. <laughs> so your husband <laughs> was like Baron. Far as Baron, no. But I think he was trying to compliment my mother and looking attractive for her age, and therefore he thought I wasn't going to turn out to be too much of a nightmare once I got older. So, but at the end of the day, Fiona will end up like her mother. So maybe there's something in that that he's not going to go anywhere for years because he fancies her. He's going to turn into mum. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, man. It would be like it's like your daughter's boyfriend comes, rocks up, and fancies you. That's wrong. How would that make you feel? It's wrong on all fronts. It's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. It's it, right. that's wrong. It, you cannot. I mean, we can't dress this up. The dude's a pervert, and um, <laughs> you know we can't, we can't. I mean, you cannot look. You might be open and honest, but there's some things that you've just got to keep to yourself. You know, even if you do, you just don't verbalise it. You just kind of have it in the back of your head and go. Nobody will ever, ever know. I think you, the thing is that he wanted Fiona to dress up. In her mother's clothes. Man. That's wrong. That's horrible. Oh, that, that's wrong. Saying I fancy your mother, I think that's perfectly acceptable, really. Oh, I think fancy, no, but I think your mother's very attractive, you know. Yeah, but that's, that's the same. That's a middle-class way of saying I fancy your mother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, was, I was remember there was a, a friend of ours and um, there, was, there was two young men there and I heard one turn the other go, whoa, she's a super cougar. And... Um, in fact, she heard it. She was she was kind of flattered, really. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. No, Dave's right. It, it, it is. I mean, it's all right to say, oh, your mum. I quite fancy your mum. You know what I mean. But just in that sort of context and in that sort of way, you can't. Oh, I fancy your mum. Have, have, you, have you ever fancied like dressing up fantasies? Oh, I, well, just dressing up as a biker. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh, that sort of. Fa- oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, Oh, actually, no, I came to bed in a leather jacket once, just for a laugh. And then uh, I spent the, most of the evening absolutely creased with laughter and couldn't do anything. I just It was because it was just one of those silly evenings where you just lied in bed absolutely creased, going, what did you do that for? I go, I don't know. I just, yeah. know. Oh, and I had me bike boots on as well. So, <laughs> completely stark, bollock naked with me bike boots and me leather jacket on. And that was it. Were you, you on know. your own? <laughs> No, on me own, yeah. 
<laughs> That'll be great. Yeah. Look at me, I'm in the village, people. <laughs> Come and shift me, move my feather. Why don't you? Do you remember, do you remember once uh, we we had those elf suits for the Christmas special? Yeah. The big green elf suits. Yeah. yeah. Once, once they chased Lil round and round the bed dressed as an elf at Christmas. Oh, nice. But not, not really. Get away. Get away. Stop it. <laughs> Get off me. No, it is not Christmas yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear Lil saying that. As yes. well. That's hilarious. Anyway, well, dump, dump him. He's a pervert. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, do you have any fantasies, Posh Tash, that you can talk about in public? I'm, I'm sure I must in there somewhere. No. I've thought about it, not just once, and my husband will probably kill me for saying it. I did think I might, when I first met him, be all very, you know, seductive. And I thought I would wait in the bedroom when he came home from work and then he could come in and he could follow the trail to me in the bedroom, potentially like you, Si, you know, in, in something ridiculous. But I was looking lovely. But I put the candles out and I don't know what came over me. I, I, it's clearly not my thing. But instead of putting out beautiful little trails of beautiful food or prawns, I don't know what you'd do seductively. I put out sausage rolls. Sausage rolls. Oh, get in, get in. Oh, no, no. that's hey. my sort of woman. So is mine. What? Sausage. If you'd gone on to pie, so that would have been it. I would have been subservient for the rest of my life. I've got to admit, I've got to admit, I am, on occasion, I've been quite partial to a post-coital pork pie. Yes, you have. But, yeah. but you've got to remember not to go back and do the goodnight kiss, because with pork pie breath, it's not acceptable. Can I just ask as well, when, when you said you were partial to a post-coital pork pie, why did Sai say, yes, you are? Yes, actually. Yeah, no, well, you are. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, we've been on the road together for nearly 25 years, so, right, you know, right, we know right. each other. In, Funnily in a... enough, it's all coming together now, because I remember that um, when you were in intensive care and I came to visit you, <laughs> what, did, what did you ask me for? Pork pie. <laughs> Sent me down to Marks and Spencer's. There he is, all covered in tubes, trying to this frugal hand, trying to cram a Marks and Spencer's pork pie. But but there was, that was there was nothing going on then. Crikey, no, 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 there was definitely used, nothing going on. No. I used to love that film. You've seen the Moldavar film, Hamon Hamon, that oh, yeah. Spanish film with Penelope Cruz, mm -hmm. and and she's with somebody else who's equally gorgeous, and they're starkers, and they're beating each other with hams. Now, that I found quite... It's two of my favourite things, really. Penelope Cruz and, and Serrano Ham. You know, that that I could see working. Sliced or unsliced? No, it was complete with a leg. They were trying oh. to kill each other. Oh, right. It was a touch of violence, but, um, you know, oh. it was... Uh, hey, what are here? So, can, I, can I ask you all, you, you uh, everybody, so on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not that kink, not kinky at all and 10 being very kinky, give me, give me a number... Uh, uh, the White Duke, Mr. Jeeves. This is for Baron, right? And his kinkiness. Uh, yeah. He's, he's about 12. Dave? Baron, well, a solid nine. Ooh, you're yeah. giving him one off. <laughs> I think he's a solid 10. I'm sure he wants Fiona to give him one <laughs> off, I tell you. <laughs> but Fiona says three chances of that now, isn't he? Aye. Now that, you know, excuse me, can you go and get me mum's, you know, your mum's yes. dress? What's your, you your... What's your score, Si? What's your score, Si? Oh, he's a solid 10. Right. I mean, come on, dude. You cannot say that to your partner, man. That, you know, you, can you go and borrow your mum's dress, dress up and take it off provocatively? That's just, well, it's open. Can't take it back now, though, can you? He's no, done he it now. can't, man. He's done it, it. man. <laughs> and also, you don't know what else was on that list because she said one thing made her feel really sick. And, you know, I mean, you know, we're all adults and we've been around the block a few times. We can imagine that. 
There are some things that, anyway, yes, no, uh, n- wrong. I think we've been clear in how we feel about Barron's behaviour. So good luck yes. with that relationship is all yes. we can say. Yes. yes. I don't think it's going to be pushing on to six years. <laughs> no. <laughs> to bon voyage yeah. on that carousel of life. If, if your, your life's, life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at theherrybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, goodbye and thank you so much for joining us and your problems as ever. We hope we've helped and not hindered. And um, it's been lovely chatting. Indeed, indeed. Goodbye and thank you both um, for coming, um, Postage and the White Duke. It's uh, it's it's always wonderful to have you. And um, and David and I are now going to therapy together. And remember, keep your problems coming. We do love to hear them. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, keep your problems to yourself. No, don't. No, <laughs> no keep it. And you send them into our email. The address is agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Bye.